I have acquired my smartwatch and thus have essentially mastered my body. 286 steps at 71 BPM. I'm completely unfazed. I'm just out here for a walk now and yeah, it is raining, but I don't care. Don't see too many other people out here though. They probably don't even have a fitness watch and they can only guess how many steps they've taken. I like cold hard stats myself. I'm just here on the couch now. Some people might call it a break. Yeah, it's more of a strategy session. You might be wondering, why don't you take your jacket off? There's no point. I'll be exercising again in two minutes, knowing me. I've taken two heart scans and everything seems to be running like clockwork. Oh, it's time to stand up. Nice try, blood clots. <laughs> Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, hey, fans of real basketball. Fans of trades. This one's for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, a top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Sorry we're a little late. We were trying to figure out the song that goes What song is that? Is that one song? We don't even know if those are both in the same song. You're convinced they are. Yeah, it feels like it. Are we sure? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Well, let us know. It felt a little different when you did the first dig 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 dig. It did? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, it's, I don't know. Well, Doo, eh, what there. song is that? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. Who that's says that? <laughs> anyway, shout out to the stream team. Hopefully they're telling us right now what those songs yeah, are probably. or song is. Uh, smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. Tell your friends, podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. Has anybody chimed in yet? <laughs> Do we have any any leads well, Hootski say and he thinks it's two different songs. Oh, okay. somebody says here comes the hot stepper. Obviously no. not. Oh, no. here's the answer. It's from Casey. Come, baby, come, baby, 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 baby come, come, come. That's the da dig da dig okay. da dig yeah. one for sure. What's the Babadoo? Is it the Babadoo? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta play it later. <laughs> oh, it feels like it is the same song. Come, baby, come. That's a good song. All right, we'll figure it out. Nice. Um, we got a playback tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, we usually do these at night, jumping on and watching League Pass, but. We got a game in Paris tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern again. We'll be live on playback. That link is in the show notes, so join our room. We've got the Cavs. You see Donovan Mitchell there in his in his glasses and those leather jackets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they're rocking over there in Paris uh, versus the Nets. So come join us. Come kick it with us as we uh, watch a little uh, French basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they were tired taking those photos. Wearing those glasses, they took a late flight to sure. get there. I just I just know when they got there and everything <laughs> so they took took a late flight i'm sure they're enjoying themselves days they've been there yeah for days. sure so that's playback tomorrow 2 p.m eastern that's on thursday uh we had another wedgie last night oh. they're coming in fast and furious right now and it's great look at this wedgie jalen brunson in madison square garden at the free throw line the mm-hmm. kind bounce oh my god number 25 on the season and tass i mean how many, honestly, free throw wedges have we ever seen? It's got to be, I don't know, a handful. It is a handful, yeah. I uh, I did the, 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 the math last year when I saw one. Um, that was number five, technically, since we started. Okay. Re- since we started tracking a decade ago, Grant Williams had one. 
That's the one I checked last year. And then okay. I started going through them. TJ Leaf had one. He was confused. He Ooh. looked at the free throw line. Uh, Nick Collison had yes. one. Kemba Walker <laughs> had one. So this is just number five in the last decade. These don't wow. happen very often. Then there was a Marcus Smart one. That was actually the 50th wedgie that where we all celebrated. But that was on sort of the rebound where somebody oh, just jammed yeah, it in yeah, there. So sure. it just happens once every two years. Beautiful yeah, stuff nice. from Jalen Brunson there. Wedgie number 25. We're halfway to that magical number of 50. Okay. We got lots somehow to talk about here today. A lot of news from the NBA. We'll touch on some of the games. And we got to start with Raptors coach Darko Ryakovich going on a furious, <laughs> table pounding tirade <laughs> against the officials after the Lakers shot 23 free throws in the fourth quarter of a very tight 132 131 victory for the Lakers over the Raptors. I mean, this guy got his money's worth. Here is a small part of the rant. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes? who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. Complete crap. <laughs> Again, that is a, a portion of Darko's epic rant. This got a CNN headline. Darko, yeah, <laughs> for that, that performance, which is obviously going to cost him some money when it comes to fines. But he was especially upset about the imbalance of the calls in the fourth quarter. Lakers held a 23-2 to foul differential, the largest discrepancy in a quarter all season. And he, Tass Mellis, thought the officials never gave them a chance. They should have told us to stay home. <laughs> uh, what do you think here of Darko's comments and, of course, what happened in this game between the Lakers and Raps? Yeah, I think everybody who watched that game should be disappointed. Raps fans, Lakers fans, every single basketball fan because this was a good basketball game until the last four minutes. And I think this may have been a Darko versus referees battle that resulted in all these free throws the last four minutes. And I, and I specify that because the Raptors – made a challenge. Darko made a challenge when Anthony Davis barreled down the lane and he hit Scotty Barnes in the face and somehow there was a foul called on the Raptors. So Darko challenged that. He said, excuse me, referees, <laughs> that was a mistake. They ended up calling a foul on Emmanuel quickly, touching Anthony Davis's back, mm -hmm. literally the hand in the back. Yeah. You're allowed to touch it playing basketball. You're just allowed it. And in defense, that's just allowed. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. And then it just snowballed from there. The next yeah. possession going the other way. Then you had Cam Reddish hit in the face by Scotty Barnes. Uh, uh, no, sorry, Emmanuel Quickly. Flagrant is called. And then it, it just snowballed. Austin Reeves missed a shot, and somehow they called that way late only because he missed that shot. There was no way they were going to call it if he made the shot. And then Max Christie grabbed a rebound. I think, I think the referee was just in the wrong position. There was a foul called on that 
So uh, it, it snowballs. It was the last four minutes that were really bad. And then there's a ton of intentional fouls that the Raptors yeah. made. So people are saying, oh, they were just intentionally fouling. They had to intentionally foul. It just it was it was literally called for the other side, and I think it may have been because Darko called them out, and then, and then Ben Taylor, who the Raptors and Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet went after him last year, yep. and he and he did it. So I think maybe Ben Taylor got into it with Darko after the challenge and said, "We're calling everything for the other team, my friend," <laughs> because that's exactly what happened in the last four minutes. But the first eight minutes and the first thirty-six minutes prior to that it was a damn good game. Right. That's what makes it unfortunate. What do you think, TK? You know, we're biased Raptors fans. <laughs> what about you? What was your take on this game, how it was officiated in Darko's rant? Yeah, you know, uh, ever since Eric Spolstra signed his contract, people have been saying there's no salary cap for coaches. So I'm wondering what the collective bargaining agreement says for the level of fine for coaches, because <laughs> this will be one of the biggest ones. Because you know, he went in, yeah. he was very angry, and he accused uh, the refs of literally rigging the game yeah. for the Lakers, saying, I don't even need to show up. Uh, Tass basically ran through it. Four of the free throws came in the first two minutes. Fine. Who cares? Yeah. Eight were take fouls in the last 24 seconds. If you want to throw out those 12, they still took 11 free throws in three and a half minutes. And yeah, they were basically all ticky-tack fouls that maybe could be called in the regular season. Obviously, they were. But if you're playing in a play-in tournament, if you're playing in the playoffs, maybe even the IST, ain't no way these are getting <laughs> called because it's yeah. fingernails or uh, a light touch on the <laughs> hip, things like that. So understandable why Darko would be upset. If you're a Raptors fan or a Raptors player, you're furious with Ben Taylor once again. But you love seeing this from Darko having his team's back. Yeah. And the Raptors still had a chance uh, to win the game. It was tough seeing quickly go out on fouls back-to-back, basically, on a couple of tough calls, both reviewed. or I mean, I guess you have to review uh, the flagrant one, which it was. I mean, tough break for quickly. Uh, that that was called a flagrant foul, but he yeah, was clocked not. Reddish right in the face. And then they had that offensive foul uh, on R.J. Barrett when he passes off to Scotty Barnes. Uh, Raptors are trailing by three with like 24 seconds left. He finds Barnes. Barnes hits the three. But when RJ passes it off, he kind of like body checks whoever's coming to close It was Anthony out. Davis who I think did a good job of yes. selling it. I thought AD knew how they were calling this game in the fourth quarter. He's like, flop away, boys. Flop away, boys. And he kept knocking down the free throws. I'll give him he credit did. to that. Every time he stepped to the line, he hit it. But yeah, you're right. The RJ handing it off to Barnes. I mean, that was tying the game up. That was a huge call by the officials yeah. there to say, nope, that's an illegal screen. And I think AD sold it quite well as he went flying into, like, Celebrity Row. I'm not sure he needed to do that. Yeah, uh, it was, was still a foul, but, yeah, he sold it. Yeah, man. I think Raptors fans, uh, they have, like, look, I mean, to go back to the Ben Taylor thing, yeah, Van Vliet, remember that? Like, that was weird. Like, Van Vliet never really does that. And he was, like, cursing up a storm, getting fined for what he was saying about Ben Taylor and how he calls them and calls him. He, that was a, so he had some research ready to, yeah, well, to and, throw and at that's Ben That's right, yeah. And the, yeah, he had the receipts, and that was a game in which I think the Clippers shot 31 free throws to the Raptors 14. This is back in March of last year, if you forget. So and here it is again, Ben Taylor on the floor here. It was the definition for Raps fans of, like, when you hear, like, man, we were playing eight on five out there. You know, it was eight of them versus five of us. Yeah, it felt that way down the stretch because – the, the late whistles, man, those are the ones that really upset people. You know, Raps fans, NBA fans, whoever. Four minutes left, AD inside. The contact, you're right, Tass, he misses the shot. They wait. They wait. AD falls, and then the whistle's called. You're like, oh, my God. Just call it when it, you know, hypothetically happened. But they waited. And then that one with Austin Reeves, 2.15 left. He's got Thaddeus Young on him. There's some contact, sure. He misses. 
Reeves sells flops, and it takes until the Raptors have the ball, basically, and are ready to go on a fast break. Oh, whistle. Those late calls infuriate players, coaches, fans. And then the flip side of this, because you're going to see the compilations of all these calls, right, on the Raptors that you guys just, like, perfectly went through. What about all the other plays where there were, like, similar non-calls against the Raptors, or guys driving in there? I mean, there was a there was a Scotty Barnes dunk where he was, like, completely, like, hacked by Christie. So it was, like, one of these games where it was, like, you're calling it on one end, but you're not calling it on the other. Hence, Darko saying, this damn thing was rigged. Like, what yeah. the hell? So, yeah. so those parts that really infuriate people. Sure. Uh, it, it went one way and it didn't go the other, yeah. no doubt. It yeah. wasn't riggy until the last four minutes. It really it really didn't <laughs> yeah. happen until those last <laughs> yeah. four minutes. So that's why I think there was some spite between Ben Taylor and Darko or uh, Ben Taylor just giving the home team <clears throat> some favorable calls. Or Ben Taylor pissed off with the Raptors <clears throat> yeah. because of last year. Yeah, some, the, some, And the carryover of that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it didn't go the Raptors way. I do love this from Darko Rakovic. This is his rookie season as a head coach. I think he's playing it perfectly. I think he's playing it pretty well. He's shown that he's got his teams back, essentially. He just said Scotty Barnes is an all-star. He should be an all-star. <laughs> he I don't could be th- the face of the league. Face of the league. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that was part of his speech at all. But then he decided, you know what? I'm complaining about stuff. I said Scotty Barnes' name. Oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in favor of Scotty Barnes. I love this guy. So that's where that went. And that's we've heard it the last few months. Emmanuel quickly said, he said to me that I should be having fun out there. No one's ever said that to me before, and that worked. Me against the Grizzlies, that worked. He, we've heard what he said about Malachi Flynn. Be happy. You're so much better. Like, he is just doing his job, and I think he's he's showing that he can support players, that he can connect with players pretty well. Yeah. So I think he's doing pretty damn well in, in his first time as a head coach. Well, you saw it there last night when the game's going on, as it's getting out of hand there, and it's foul after foul after foul. You know, a lot of Raptors fans online saying, somebody's got to say something. Like, somebody has to call this out. A player, probably a coach, maybe even Masai or Bobby Webster, I believe, are on this uh, West Coast trip. And uh, while, you know, of course they tweet that, and then... Minutes later, Darko's like, I got this one. I just thought it is funny because you said, like, Darko's whole thing has been like, hey, man, smile more. Have more fun. Hey, man, uh, pizza party if we win three games in a row. Uh, hey, man, I just saw Phil Jackson, the Zen master. We smoked some wacky tobacco and chilled out. And then this guy just pops off. This like, goes nuts. And it was great. It was needed. Uh, he's going to get a huge fine. You're right, Trey. I don't know how big this is. Like, was it Jenkins this year? Uh, this season, I should say, last year. He went off. On a, on a game, I believe, against the Jazz. It was early in the year, and he had one that was like, you know, you know, just F-bombs left and right. I, I don't know what he ended up getting. I guess he'll just get the same here, Darko. What did they give him, 15000 25000 something like that? Not worth it, then. Yeah, he got his money's worth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, you're going to call out the refs, go all in, because then you'll get a CNN headline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and an uh, Instagram story from Drake. He might just cover the fine here. So it's only going to be fifteen or $20,000, that's nothing for Drake, who says Toronto's got a real one. This guy is a geyser. <laughs> he said he's a geyser. G-U-Y-Z-E-R. This what guy a is a word. geyser. <laughs> so, that doesn't make sense. He also, do you think Drake knows his name? No! Sure. Yeah, I don't think anybody does, Drake man. That's very... why everybody calls him Coach Darko. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. became a geyser when he smoked that wacky tobacco with Phil Jackson. Did he say that he smoked wacky no, tobacco? No, I added oh, that. Okay. Just checking, because I wanted to see the clip. I wanted to see them talking about 
about smoking. I know, I know Phil Jackson. That happened. I know Phil Jackson was a master of like you know going to the media and saying things yeah, about how the yeah. game was officiated. So maybe he did pick that up. Darko did from Phil Jackson. I would have thought it was more of a peaceful, you know, hey, what books are you reading and all that, <laughs> and uh, let's go pet the horses uh, mm-hmm. on the ranch or whatever. But um, no, maybe yeah, maybe Phil Jackson's like, hey, you gotta. Look, uh, some people are questioning how you coach this team, actually. You better go out there and, and uh, have the guys back. And so he did. He's got his teammates' backs. Or his team's back, I should say. Absolutely. Uh, and quickly he's been there for a couple weeks and has already said that Royakovic is, you know, kind of in his corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's clear that he's in Barnes' corner. And this is a good sign for, for the Raptors going forward. Uh, I, we'll get into the Siakam trades potentially here a little bit later. But I think Pascal Siakam sits there and says, this is fun. This is fun. I'm mm-hmm. not going anywhere. I think I think he'll, I think he's staying because of that guy. Why wouldn't he? And did you um, you see LeBron's reaction? Obviously, he was asked about uh, you know the discrepancy between the fouls and all that. And uh, LeBron once again sitting there without his shirt on, just talking to the reporters, just like the Ricky Rubio clip. Uh, it was just like. Well, you know, we got we got fouled. <laughs> they fouled, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they fouled, we did it, and then he like sheepishly looks up at the reporters. Um, yeah. Did, did he did he bring up that other one where he was the the toe on the line? He brought up something no, else. He brought up. He was talking about the Jalen Brown foul, uh, Jalen Brown foul yeah, yeah, from yeah. the uh, Celtics yeah, game. That one, that one. Which then the league has come out like this is two nights in a row here of some pretty bad officiating. Uh, in particular games, because that one had those calls. It was like, hold on, was he fouled? Or, wait, you're overturning that? And then they've come out and said that Porzingis actually did foul uh, Matherin in that game. So this is back-to-back nights here of some... I can't wait to see the last two-minute report for this one. I, w- I would assume it'll be some errors. 4 p.m. That's something I learned from Joe Mazzula after <laughs> that Celtics game. He's like, I can't wait for 4 p.m. 4 p.m. comes, we're finally getting the verdict. Do you guys want to jump on playback at 4 p.m. and read through the last two-minute report? I didn't know it was timed out, but okay. LeBron's going to do that. LeBron's going to have a show when he retires. If he's doing all this, I think he's he's setting himself up. I know he's already got a show, but he's going to have it. Maybe podcast. LeBron was complaining about the officiating in a game that he wasn't involved in. He's tweeting about it, too. He's live-tweeting, it feels like. Oh, man. So all of this obviously overshadows the actual game, which was really competitive for a good chunk of it, and LeBron was great. AD was a monster. I mean, Thad Young's thrown into the starting lineup for the Raps because Pirtle's missing this. Like, did his best. I mean, played hard, played well. I mean, this guy, as I heard Will, and, uh, Will Liu talking about all season long, Thad Young has basically just played in pickup games because he plays in, like, the Raptors, like, third string versus assistant coaches run. Yeah. And so now he's having to take on AD. And, and they were a monster. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of the fouls, of course, early in the game and, and the way they were scoring, it was deserved. You know, they were abusing them. They were bigger. They were attacking. But Raps fans, as that game got away, why are you calling all the ticky-tack fouls only against us? And, yeah, why the hell are you keep calling these fouls, like, after the ball's off the rim? You're doing that a couple times, too. Wild yeah. stuff. Yeah. It, it stunk that the Raptors didn't have Jakob Pertl to guard Anthony Davis a little bit. Um just size-wise, girth-wise, uh, because actually, you know, he's far bigger than than both those guys, than Thaddeus Young and Jakob Pertl in this game, uh, no matter who was going on. But yeah, th- Anthony Davis, a little respect for him. He did have a really good ball game um, when he wanted to shoot. When's the next uh, Ben Taylor versus the Raptors game? That's what everyone's <laughs> going to want to know. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll be, uh, I don't know, can you just remove a f- an official from... 
That's calling what happened last, last year, year, right? Like, well, he got what, demoted after Fred Van Vliet called him out. Yeah. yeah. But back calling Raptors games, I guess Van Vliet's not there. <laughs> Maybe he's not allowed to call Rockets games. <laughs> We'd have to look into that one. Yeah. It sucks that uh, the next game is April, I think. It's going to be a while before okay. we get Raps Lakers. And I don't think Ben Taylor will be yeah, on Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Be on it, no. uh, okay, so other games last night. I'm just going to throw up a board here for you guys, or, or JD will, I should say. Uh, we had the Knicks improving to a perfect 5-0 and with OG. They crushed the Blazers. Uh, Sabonis had 37 points, led the Kings to a wild 131-110 victory over the Pistons, who were up big in that game early. As you see there, it says 47 points for the Pistons in the first quarter, but they got blown out in the end. That's that's tough to do. Uh, Bain scored 32 to help the injury-riddled Grizzlies beat the Mavs. Impressive win from then. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns scored 23 of his 28 in the first half. Wolves led from start to finish. Big win over the Magic uh, TK, any thoughts on any of those four games? Yeah, four blowouts. <laughs> yeah, closest game was 17 points. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That Pistons game though—that's honestly ridiculous. They scored 47 in the first quarter, like you said. They had a 20-point lead in the first quarter, and they were down by halftime. Yeah, that I, doesn't make sense. I know. There was a possession or a stretch in the second quarter where they had five straight turnovers, and there are two turnovers. In those five, where they completely lose the ball, you're watching the highlight back. You're like, this is the turnover. They somehow save it and then continue to turn it over on that same possession. Unbelievable stuff. Down by halftime, down double digits three minutes into the second half, (laughs) and they lost by 21. That's like uh, Baxter eating the full wheel of cheese. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. (laughs) I think the Pistons need to send uh, Masai Ujiri a fruit basket. Okay. Because... If not for that game on the night of the OG Ananobi trade, when the Pistons beat the Raptors by two points, yep. they would be on a 34-game losing streak right now. Wow. Yeah. They owe them. Yeah. They got Because the Raptors were shorthanded guys. Send all the pairs the up there. <laughs> it was the second night of a back-to-back. Literally, the Raptors gave them that game, and they won by two points. Yeah. Otherwise, they would still be on this losing streak. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I saw people saying, uh, don't count out the fact that the Pistons could beat their own record. <laughs> For losing streak within the same season, <laughs> which would be insane if that actually were to happen. But yeah, this is a pretty bad team. Yeah, no, Kate obviously hurt with yeah, uh, yeah. the turnovers and that, but just the fact that they get up because they do have vets that can score—it's really weird. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. To to blow it like that in the second quarter, really—that was strange. Any other thoughts on uh, any of the blowouts there? Yeah, I love the Wolves-Magic game because I was just watching Bigs versus Bigs. The big system of the Wolves with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert up against Bancaro and Goga Bitaze, and the Wolves were just winning it. I loved watching Towns and Rudy Gobert pick and roll. The the passing there, Towns set up Rudy Gobert three times for assists early in this game. Rudy had a 20-point game, 21 in this one. Uh, but while he was doing that, he was stepping out and banging home threes. So then Rudy goes to the bench, and then it's four guys around Carl Anthony Towns. So Carl Anthony Towns was just driving and driving and driving. That dunk he had on Mo Wagner, Huge. that was ridiculous. So he came back with some big flexes. But, uh, yeah, 28 overall, so those two guys did it. And they did a pretty good job as a team, Paolo Boncaro's, uh Struggled a little bit with Rudy being able to help out and, and Jaden McDaniels. Those two guys, they're probably going to be an all-defensive team. I don't know if they both make it, but they're just so and good. The nobody nobody talks about Jaden McDaniels, really. Uh, but Paolo Bancaro started 3 of 13 and got better. But they're just they're just all over him. Uh, and now Orlando, they go on to a tough road skit. So they're, they've moved down to 8th in the standings. The East is, uh, you know, it's pretty tight uh, from 4 through 8. Uh, and now they go to Miami, OKC, the Knicks. 
and ATL, which is probably the easiest game, but it's fun. It's yeah. a it's a fun standing little schedule there. But Orlando's better than being in eighth than they are right now. They're damn good. Uh, but they're probably going to be down there in the play-in for a little bit. They need Franz back yes. because yeah. it's a little too much on uh, Boncaro's shoulders, considering they have no shooting uh, around him either. So it's uh, if you can if he can pull off the victory, that's how they get wins right now. And if not, uh, it ain't going to happen. But I did love seeing the entire Timberwolves bench coming up taunting Mo Wagner after the big <laughs> yeah. dunk by Carl Anthony Towns, just pointing at him. Yeah. Yeah. Even Luca Garza, guys out there in a vest, <laughs> trash talking. <laughs> What? Uh, Fully car-hearted out. Uh, <laughs> hey, you got dunked on. Yeah, you're sitting. <laughs> that, that guy gets into every single play. Uh, that's funny. Uh, and uh, the Knicks, like I said, perfect still with OG. I know they're playing the Blazers, but, man, they looked awesome. Madison Square Garden, they've fallen in love with this guy. They're chanting OG there in MSG. Uh, he got the uh, interview after the game with Rebecca Harlow. OG's grabbing the mic from her as he's addressing the crowd. Uh, you know, obviously, generally a pretty quiet guy, or at least through his Raptors tenure. I thought he was showing quite a bit of personality in answering her questions. They're perfect right now. He hasn't lost a game uh, in the uh, orange and blue. So they're rolling. And that fit, whoo, looks good. Yeah, he's uh, got a damn lot of personality, too. They're going to they're gonna be filming some videos, et cetera. They're only... <laughs> Two games back of Philly for third. Yeah. I, I think this team's going to be real in the playoffs once they get there. And then they want to probably have home court potentially against Philly in the second round. Uh, so I think they're going to be fighting for third there. Uh, Miami Heat coach Eric Spolster, guys, has agreed to an eight-year contract extension worth more than $120 million, the most committed money in North American coaching history. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably underpaid, if we're being honest. But uh, Spo, second longest active tenured head coach with one team behind Popovich. Uh, was anyone shocked by the numbers we saw? Or was just, uh, hey, if Monty Williams was the uh, <laughs> coach in the NBA, we might as well make Spolstra, uh, you know, one of them. What do you think? I think it shows you why the Heat have literally been able to build a culture with Eric Spolstra there and the organizational stability that they have. Kind of unusual. Like, Hey, let me go Bill Simmons here. Look at the New England Patriots this year. <laughs> Am I right? The Patriots, they're struggling. Mac Jones, he can't do anything. <laughs> Ever since Tom Brady left, the, pace, the Patriots don't look the same. And now they want to get rid of Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in NFL history? <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Eric Spolstra hasn't won a title since 2013. Right. And the Heat don't care. They realize we've got the best coach in the league. We're going to pay him like he's the best coach in the league. Even the Spurs were talking about moving on from Popovich before they mentioned that he uh, signed an extension. The Warriors and Steve Kerr, their fans want him out of there. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. The Heat are not like that. They're like, we've got a great coach. LeBron wanted Eric Spolstra gone. His first year didn't happen. They kept him around, won a title, won two titles, went to the finals twice. That's how you actually build a culture and have stability, not by cycling through coaches time and time again. Yeah. Keep the good guys around. Two things I learned when I saw this headline. The NBA is making a lot of money, first off, sure. and is going to have a great TV deal that, that comes up here. Lots of money to be spent. Also, for everybody out there, hard work pays off. I mean, this guy started as a video coordinator <laughs> a long time ago and then became an assistant for a decade. And then he got the head, jo head job. But it didn't go perfectly, as you said. It looked like he may be gone. He bumped into LeBron James. <laughs> 17 games into that season when LeBron joined Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, and they didn't look all that good. They were 9-8. and eight. That that was It was that game against Dallas where he bumped uh, LeBron James, and 
all the headlines started to happen. Maybe they want him out of there. And then they lost in the finals of that season. And Pat Riley was asked, are you going to take over? Or are you going to move on? Because LeBron had a, a bad series. He didn't have a great series where he had that eight-point game against the Dallas Mavericks. But they believed in Eric Spolstra. And they believe in him now. So hard work pays off a lot. I mean, it took a long time for Eric Spolstra to go from video coordinator to head coach of this team. And he still had to go through a ton uh, when the Heatles were getting headlines Mm -hmm. in different types of ways. In Shoes 2023 NBA NBA preseason survey of general managers, Spolstra basically swept the coaching categories for the second straight season. He was voted best head coach in the NBA with 73% of the vote. He was the best manager and motivator of people. He was voted the best head coach to make the best in-game adjustments. He was voted the best head coach to make the best defensive schemes. I mean, he has the respect across the entire league from all the GMs, from all the other coaches, from a lot of the players. And so it's no surprise that he gets a massive, massive deal like this. I will say Ziller had me howling this morning at this line. This contract... This is like a college football coach contract. Eight years, $120 million. This is the contract you see when some newspaper reports the highest paid public employee in each state, and it's a dude named Jimbo. <laughs> Great line from Ziller there. Because uh, this is a lot of money and a long commitment in a business which is notorious for not committing long to NBA coaches. So... Shouts to Spo, well-deserved. I, I haven't found a single thing. I haven't, I haven't seen the take too much money. Not deserving. Overrated. Yeah, overrated. I haven't seen that. So Can't someone... win without LeBron. Yeah, that's right. That's... Run with it. Feel free to run with that one. That's a good one. It is a good one, but at least I think he's made the playoffs. Has he made the playoffs every year except twice maybe in his, his tenure as a head coach with the Miami Heat? Twice. I think they've come up short twice. I mean, he's made the finals twice yeah. uh, in, in since, the last since four the seasons. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, good coach. All right, moving on here. Draymond Green back at practice with the Golden State Warriors, and uh, he's more than ready to get back on the court after his latest suspension. He said, quote, I've cost my team enough. I've cost this organization enough. He said this in a news conference the other day. Green also admitted during his suspension that he nearly retired altogether. But Commissioner Adam Silver talked him out of it. He said, no, man. Mm-hmm. Too soon, man. Uh, so, yeah, do you have any... Takeaways from Draymond Green really talking to the press conference there in his press conference and all that he had to say about returning here to the Warriors. Yeah, not only did he talk to Adam Silver, but he had to sit down with Steve Kerr at some point. And Steve Kerr was part of those Bulls in their last run when they won the championship. The last run with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. He was on that team. And he said to Draymond Green, I don't want this to end like this. I don't want our team to end like this. And he was listening. Draymond Green was absolutely listening to that. And I think that's what Kerr took from that run, the last dance, to this one. And he's trying to make it work in that same way. He also said, you know, no more butts, uh, as Draymond <laughs> Green said. Like, there's there's no more. No more. I, I did this but. And Draymond Green quote said, when I look at these situations, it's like, can I remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics. So, TBD. TBD on whether that will exactly happen. Right. He also he also said you don't change the spots on a leopard, so I'm uh yeah I'm a little worried. But well, you know, <laughs> but honestly, that's the whole thing. Can Draymond strike the appropriate balance between bringing that fiery energy that has helped this team win championships without getting into the the antics, the predicaments that gets him suspended? That's his whole thing. It always goes to the line, and a lot of times he crosses it. But he even he, he even he knows and has said multiple times. 
I'm the type of player I am. I've been successful because I go close to that line. That that's what I do, and that's how I became they need an the NBA fire. player. They need that part. But, of it. They need that we'll part. See, of they do need it. We'll yeah. see here. Um, he spent three and a half weeks in counseling. He didn't touch a basketball for the first ten days. He said, like I said, he said he was going to retire. Silver said no. I don't know if you believe that or not, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> if I can't be hitting guys in the face, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, do you, you know, what a crazy take. What, what, what do you think of uh, what all he said, really, and his return here? He's saying all the right things. Now he just has to play the entirety of his career without doing anything again. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, because he's going to become the Sean Bradley of technical fouls right now. Players are going to be trying to get under his skin even more so now. Steve Kerr said they're asking him not to argue with the referees. We will see how long that lasts. Maybe a half. Can Draymond be Draymond without being Draymond is really what the question is. And there's only one way to find out. Uh, It's by bringing him back and seeing if he's able to keep his calm when things are not going his way. Because there will be times when he has a bad call. Go against him. We just saw with Ben Taylor. Referees have memories too. And they're going to remember how Draymond has acted the first decade of his career and probably hold it against him. So if he's able to focus on the details, which is what Steve Kerr brought up quite a bit, then Draymond will be able to contribute to winning once again uh, for the Warriors. And if not, everybody's just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I, I think like what Adam Silver basically said was, you can't hit guys. I think we're, we're changing the NBA in terms of how physical you can be with guys because years ago, it happened. Um, so I think the, the way defense has gone, I mean, it really can't be all that physical, so it is a little unfortunate. But I think when we look back at this, we'll look at a totally different era of the NBA where there's no hitting. Uh, so I think that part is good. Draymond Green is very aware of that. You can't punch guys. But will he be able to remember that when he's caught up in the heat of the moment? That's the question. Who knows? And you're right about, man, I can't wait to see who's going to be the one that tries to push his buttons, try and get under his skin to get him to, like, cross that line. Because they'd be silly not to. At least if we're talking, like, a a playoff series. Maybe not a regular season game in late January. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the players don't care that much about that. But a playoff series or a play-in game I mean, you would expect somebody on the other team to try, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. well, within within boundaries, right? Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying go up and punch Draymond Green and see if he punches you back, but, you know, try and get under his skin. They're going to do that. I do think they will be saying to each other, this could be our last run. Let's, let's try and calm each other down in that way. And it probably will be their last dance, in all honesty. Something big is going to happen after the season, but I think they're going to try for. They're going to look at the calendar. Come on, come on! It's just five more months. It's just four more months. It's just three more months. Let's get it together. But uh, when it gets hot, who knows whether yeah. or not mm-hmm. guys will get hotter? Do you, this, okay. guy, this guy in particular. It is about Draymond Green, really. Will Will Draymond Green last the rest of the season without a suspension? Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Okay, so you would be betting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you including like missing games for? <laughs> flagrant and technical foul points uh sure i I think he will miss another game at least another game this season for discipline reasons okay okay uh final piece of news here this is i don't know is this good news i guess it could have been worse an mri revealed that pacers point guard tyrese halliburton sustained a grade one left hamstring strain during monday's game against the celtics he will be reevaluated in approximately two weeks following the team's west coast trip here so we, we talked about this uh, on the podcast the other day. Uh, we didn't know the MRI uh, results, but he did that the splits there and was carried off, towels over his head. Looked bad. Looked very, very bad. Yep. And he's going to miss some time. We all knew that. And sounds like at minimum two weeks, maybe longer. But probably longer because it is a hamstring. Yeah. But at the same time, not 
a grade two injury. So it's not yeah. an extremely long time, but two weeks. I think it will be even longer than that, especially because the team wants him to be good for their All-Star game five weeks from now. Mm. The Pacers have an All-Star game. This guy's going to be on the All-Star team, so they're going to wait and wait and wait. And uh, they have a tough schedule. Uh, I saw our man John Hollinger point this out on The Athletic. The next three weeks include a six-game road trip, which yep. is just period, is just tough. And then you get home against Denver, Philadelphia, and Phoenix. So it's up to TJ McConnell, especially him, and uh, Andrew Nephardt, to just hold this team together. Yep. But even if they lose, I think they'll still be in a play-in spot because luckily they play in the Eastern Conference and not the Western Conference where there are good teams from 1 through 12. Uh, in the East, you got some stinky bulls, some stinky reps in terms of schedule, in terms of, sorry, standings, uh, record. So I think they'll be fine when it comes down to it, as long as he gets back. And well, first fine. and foremost, the bulls are good now. Yeah, <laughs> the record is, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, they just had a bad start. Uh, they're the new Orlando Magic. But, uh, it, you know, this uh, went about as well as it could uh, for the Pacers, I guess. I mean, not really. He's not back. They're just saying we're evaluating him pretty quickly. Uh, so, yeah, five-game road trip. That's a tough one to miss. Six-game. Six-game road yeah. trip. I counted wrong. Yep. And then they've got Denver, Philadelphia, and Phoenix yep. right when they get back home. Those are tough games as well. But like Tass said, right now, Indiana is in the five through eight range, which are all like seven to seven and a half games back of first place. Then you get the nine through 12 range, which is Bulls, Nets, Raptors, Hawks. And they are significantly farther back. And despite the fact that the Bulls and Raptors are both playing better uh, right now, they're playing better at like a 55% win percentage rather than like a 70% win percentage. So uh, the Pacers can at least hang where they're at right now, I would have to think. And hopefully Halliburton's able to make it back for All-Star. Hopefully he doesn't miss so many games that it takes him out of award yeah. uh, consideration. Sure. Because I do like that we're seeing players play more often due to the PPP, but I do not like having to track how many games players have missed right now just to see who's going to be eligible. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little worried here for the Pacers fans because wasn't it last year like Halliburton left the uh, Pacers lineup around the same time and they lost 9-10? Like they're a completely different team without this guy who leads the league in assists, who still scores on an incredibly efficient clip, um, and you guys went through the, the road trip there and the tough teams. Like they could be looking at one of these parts here where they go 2-8. and eight you know, three and seven over their next 10. And that's going to drop them down a tier. Now they're, they've built up such a nice cushion and they've been one of the surprise teams in the league that they should be okay. Still hanging on to a playoff spot, hanging on to a play in spot, but this sucks. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, I just hope he's back for the, the all-star game because mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great moment. I mean, he's going to be voted in likely still, I would think. And it's in Indiana, it's in Indianapolis. And that's a cool moment for him to start there in his, uh, his own barn. So he yeah. should be back for that, which is the good news with this grade one left hamstring yeah and I, I do believe in this Pacers team it is different as you said because they're so deep they just beat the Boston Celtics with Cyrus Halliburton missing a lot of that game yeah. they played 13 game, 13 minutes and they scored 133 points against a damn good defense in the Boston Celtics because they're deep they have a lot of players that can score but yeah this standings they're gonna drop uh it seems like and hopefully Tyrese is there to show off because he he really called out last year's all-star game he said it wasn't fun uh he just he just <laughs> yeah. said he just said we didn't we didn't try all that hard on yep. the floor with those the guys picking teams he likes the east west idea this isn't his home barn 
So hopefully you can do that, and hopefully you can join us because we'll be doing a live show. Uh, oh. Hey, hey, Hallie. Oh. Hey, Hallie, nice, come on by. Done. Nice Come teased. on by, Hallie. Uh, they play the Wizards tonight at home, the Pacers do. So maybe pick up that W if you can before you head out on this six-game road trip. That'll help you out there in the standings. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, got to take Over a break. Over under 300, I think. <laughs> we'll take a break, and uh, when we come back, the slop scale returns. Don't go anywhere. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, we are back here in the Classic Factory. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Over the last week or so, NBA trade rumors have been ramping up. So we decided that today was the perfect time to bring back the slop scale. Yeehaw! It's time to slop it up, you little piggies! Or once again, going to weigh in on the latest NBA trade rumors. It's disgusting. You guys started this while I was gone, and, and I, I went back and watched it and watched that pig eat out of that trough, oh, and I get yeah. disgusted. Yeah. What is, is sick. What is that thing eating? Slop! <laughs> Everything. Yeah, but it's got looks like it's got some boiled eggs in oh, yeah. there. Whatever. Shells and everything. Exactly. It's compost, <laughs> baby. That's the OG compost. Uh, slop scale. Yeah, we did this uh, back in the summer. Where were you? I don't know. Yeah, you must know. have been trying. We well, were trying just, to figure it out. It was the summer. Yeah, I went back. It was months. after the finals. Like Not long after the finals. Yeah, I think I went to uh, the beautiful city of Chattanooga. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's right. Okay, so it's it's uh, very straightforward. I'm happy to hear you went back and watched the clip, though. But uh, the slop scale, very straightforward. The heavier and juicier and sloppier the NBA trade rumor, the more buckets of slop you guys are going to assign to it. So five buckets of slop, that's maximum slop. Um, and, you know, if you don't think it's all that juicy, you don't think there's a lot to it, you can go one bucket, all right? One to five buckets. That's your scale. Much love, as always, to uh, the You Know Ball bodca- uh, podcast for coming up with the slop uh, scale. Yeah. Uh, or pushing the slop season and the slop trade rumors and all that. All right, first one. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are reportedly open to trading Andrew Wiggins, which would open up a larger role for Jonathan Kuminga, according to NBA insider Mark Stein. Uh, how many buckets of slop do you guys think this is uh, worthy of? I'm a three... Three bucket man, because okay. uh, I do think that the Warriors are willing to trade him. Are they willing? Yes. Do they want to trade him? No. They would rather him be good. I think this next four weeks before the trade deadline is basically a tryout to see how good he'll play. If he 
plays like he has the last few months where he's a 12-point-per-game guy on a long-term deal, they will move on. But are they going to get something good for him? No. they <laughs> would much. Ra- no, so they would rather have Andrew Wiggins be like that guy who helped them to a championship. So I, I think Draymond Green coming back hopefully will help him, push him, be aggressive. As Steve Kerr said, do you want it? end like this with the Golden State Warriors to Draymond Green specifically? He said no. I think Draymond Green's basically going to be saying the same thing to Andrew Wiggins to try and just get him up because people think Kuminga is going to be great but peak Wiggins was better than we've seen with Kuminga in terms of defense, in terms of shooting the ball. That's how they won. So I got three slops here because I think it could go either way because just like they traded Jordan Poole they could do the same thing here, and they have lots of draft picks to trade. They had to attach a nice first-round pick to trade Jordan Poole. They still can do that. They still have a bunch of their future here first-round picks, and he is sort of tradable because you've got Kuminga and Moody sort of back guys to sort of back him up in the same sort of position. But I think this next four weeks is literally going to be a tryout. Can you get back to somewhat – of that same guy, because right now he isn't even close. Uh, I, I could see other guys going, like Gary Payton being traded, and other guys. But uh, the the Wiggy, I'm I'm not going all slop, but I think it could happen. And you're a two buckets of slop, a little under test. I'm a two buckets of slop because I do think it's interesting that they're considering moving on, considering uh, how all, how much they're trying to get Wiggins back to finals mode, you know, and wanting him to be a key part of their team, and it's just not happening. It, it makes sense that they would rather keep Kaminga. Kaminga is younger. He's completely outplaying Wiggins this entirety of the season, and he's going to need to be paid uh, pretty soon. I could see why they would rather keep Jonathan Kaminga, but that's also why every other team wants Kaminga over Wiggins, and that's why I'm so low on the slop scale here. Tass, you called Wiggins the worst contract in the league. Is that owed 24 million this year, 26 the next year, then 28 and 30 in his final year. It's a player option in 26, 27. Seems unlikely that they're going to find a taker for this contract. And that's why I'm low on the slop. I'm sure they would like to move it, but they don't want to have to attach a first round pick to the Wiggins contract. They want to use the first round pick to make their team better. Um, So I just don't think it's happening because teams aren't that excited to take on Andrew Wiggins right now. Right. They're going to take him on if it comes with a, a draft pick. Yes, uh, a sloppy, juicy draft pick. It's, they're, they're not trading for the idea right now of Andrew Wiggins, who somehow is still only 28 years old. I mean, like he's in his prime, which is really weird, but just can't shoot at all right now. 42% from the floor, under 30% from three. You know, definitely uh, seems checked out at times mentally within the game. That may be because of things off the court for sure, but this is this is sort of like the worst basketball really we've seen him play for a long time now. Because yeah. he was good. You're right. And they're yeah. just praying and hoping that he can get back to that. Either for them and their their uh, chances moving forward, or I guess for his trade value to go up a little bit. Yeah, it's how much do the Warriors want to win a championship this season, I think, comes into the factor of do we want to trade Andrew Wiggins? Because I, I think if he's that guy who he's been the last few months, then he could get traded. I, I just don't know what the, the front office mindset is here because they're not winning if he's that same guy. It, it doesn't mm. feel that way. Uh, so, yeah, what are they going to get back for him? I, I just don't know what the slop scale is in the Warriors' front office, really. But, again, uh, yeah, if they want to win, they got to get a better Wiggins. Uh, and I think they're going to push for that. This, I, they're going to trade something, right? Could they trade Chris Paul? Uh, I guess suppose yeah, that's yes. I suppose that's possible. But he should be back in a few weeks. Um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know how much they want to make that transition into – 
the young guys, you know, to, to make the Golden State Warriors playable from <laughs> 2025 to 2030 when things are going to be, you know, a, a lot different. What's funny about that, though, that this idea of like the old guys or the young guys, it's a much more difficult decision to make when the old guys are actually playing decent. But you have these young guys that you want to build up and get the reps and play alongside your curries and stuff like that. But that's not happening. A lot of these old guys, specifically Wiggins, we're calling old a part of this group. Obviously, Clay at times, you know, Chris Paul's new to the bunch. I get that. They're not playing great. Like the young guys are playing better than them. So it's a lot easier. It should be of a decision to make. Like, well, then just play them. There's not. They're playing better right now. And let's maybe move off a guy like Chris Paul or Wiggins to get some more talent in here because we have Steph Curry. We have him in his prime and still playing at an elite level. Then you do have a chance to win a lot of series. Should be the thinking, mm-hmm. I think, when you have one of the top five guys in the league, uh, or whatever you're putting him right now. So, uh, all right, move on. Yeah. This one's a two-pronged slop. Last week, <laughs> ESPN's Tim Bontemps wrote that league sources expect Toronto to move on from two-time All-Star forward Pascal Siakam before the trade deadline. This was a part of Tim Bontemps' article on OG and the RJ quickly trade between the Knicks and Raptors. Well, Jake Fisher added that while Atlanta was once considered the most aggressive suitor for Siakam's services, chatter among NBA executives now has a potential landing spot for Spicy P to go to Indiana or Sacramento or Detroit. So, TK, you get a start here. How many buckets of slop are you giving to the Siakam expected to be dealt before the deadline? I'm giving it four buckets of slop because this is a sloppy scenario. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe because Siakam... I think you could probably call him the hottest commodity uh, on the trade market right now, considering he's got a championship in his past. He's an all-NBA player. He's been great this season. Looks really nice uh, next to Quickly and Barnes there. Uh, But Siakam has also been in the mix, which is why I can't go for five slops. You cannot go for five slops with Masai Ujiri. It's very obvious (laughs) that he could keep this guy, especially because Siakam basically has like a junior no-trade clause. Being an expiring contract, you got to work it out with the front office of the other team ahead of time, knowing he's going to resign, which has hurt uh, his market. Apparently, him threatening not to resign with Sacramento basically killed that deal, yeah. which take it or leave it for the Raptors if you're really excited about Davion Mitchell. Uh, but there's also been some weird handling of Siakam, it yep. feels like. Uh, Josh Lewenberg over at TSN reported that they basically had no contact with him over the summer. Uh, the Raptors released that phone call of Masai chatting on the phone with Emmanuel quickly, talking up Scotty Barnes so much, no mention of Pascal Siakam. All of these leaks that come out seem to me Raptors-themed, trying to drum up interest for Siakam because I think the fact that he has that no, that uh, expiring contract probably is hurting the return coming back for Toronto here. So if the deal's not there, you even heard Brian Windhurst say it today on the Hoop Collective, they're not against signing him to, a, to another extension. Yeah, and then maybe moving him. Because, yeah, because yeah, the team would be much more mm-hmm. interested, obviously, having him under control. Uh, but you only go two buckets here, Slop. Yeah, the slop, the slop scale is perfect for Pascal Siakam, it feels like. This is, this is a nice slop uh, to get talking about. But I'm going down low. I know there has been talk, but I think the OG Ananobi trade has changed it a little bit for him. He's shooting a lot more. He is feeling like the number one guy. I know Scotty Barnes is technically the number one guy. And they Darko didn't quickly. mention him at all in that uh, rant there last night. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I think they've done that before with, with Siakam. He doesn't need to be motivated as much by a, by a coach or whoever. The guy is just a former champion. He's just 
great. He's an all NBA player. He's great. I think less crowding on the wing seems to help than now that they got rid of OG and an OB. He's having fun, it feels like. Him and Masai are definitely connected. I know there have been some odd phone call releases, but I do think they're boys and, uh, He's going to be 30 when it comes to free agent time here. He's turning 30. I think he's going to look at the old license and say, I'm 30 years old. I'm going to stay here for he's a while. He's going to look at his license. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm 30. Uh, does he want to leave Toronto a great city? I think they'll sign him to a nice deal. Now, it's not going to be a max deal. He may get some more from somebody else, but I, I think he likes Toronto. So this is this is at a great scale because literally I could see a trade happening. It doesn't seem like Siakam wants to leave. I agree with you on that. It mm-hmm. seems yeah. like they're kind of ushering him out the door here. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. It depends on how much they want to pay. I, guess, I, I think that comes – that's going to be a factor um, because somebody else may pay him more. Uh, I, 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 I personally think, to, to go with to what Trey was saying, if Siakam was under a three – year deal right now like still had years left on his car like like, if Siakam had a Wiggins contract more money but you know obviously uh, the length of it he would have been traded because he'd be he is the hottest commodity you can add that guy to almost any team helps your chances to win a championship this year for these squads like whoever it may be but it is this issue of like damn we're not going to trade a bunch of draft capital and a bunch of young prospects which obviously the Raptors would want to pair with Barnes and quickly and RJ moving forward why would we do that he may leave we're not going to do that for three, four months uh, of potentially this guy unless they felt confident they could sign him. So that's the the issue here. So maybe the Raptors' best bet would just be, hey, come to an agreement, sign him, and then look to trade him. It's not like you can't trade him then. And you'll probably get better deals for your own, own organization, the Raptors, I would think. When he's 30, but, signed to a long deal. Yeah, I mean, does he look like he's over the hill and washed? No, he's going to play the exact same way for three years, probably, right? Like three, four years. I don't see why he's going to change that much. Unless he got injured, of course. That goes for everybody. I I think this team is going to be good without Pascal Siakam, uh, and and the draft picks aren't going to be great internally. Like, they're going to have picks like they got for Pascal Siakam in the 20s, probably. I think this team is going to be decent. So it's going to be hard to get good from there. So I say, why not keep the guy? I understand your thinking in terms of, having a guy under a long-term deal and dealing him and getting lots back for him. They could have done that a couple of years ago with everybody. OG and Nobi, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam. They didn't, so do they regret that? I think because they made a decent deal with OG and Nobi where they got two youngish players here that are going to be part of a, a decent team. Listen, it's fun to be a Raptors fan with an, a 500 team. So this team's going to be 500. I wish we were 500. Yeah, baby. They're going to get up to 500. They're going to be a 41-win team. You're going to enjoy going down to the Scotiabank Arena and cheering for that team, I think. Yeah, but the t- tickets are a little expensive. There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, related news to this. This isn't on the slop scale here, but uh, according to Bodog, the Mavs are the favorites to land Siakam in a trade if the Raptors decide to move on from him before the deadline. Dallas, top odds at plus 150. Followed by the Grizzlies at plus 250 and the Pacers at plus 450. I uh, just thought that was a strange little... I know that I know Dallas had been linked to Siakam and then it sounded like they weren't. Um, you know, who are... Who, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes? I mean, is that going to move the needle there? I wouldn't think so. You think the Raps want more. But I will say the Mavericks, Nico Harrison, he's made two 
pretty big moves over the last two deadlines, right? Not afraid to make big deals. Two years ago, he traded Porzingis for uh, Dinwiddie and Bertans, I guess, at the 2022 deadline. And then last year, obviously, trades for Kyrie Irving uh, for Dinwiddie and DFS. And there's a bunch of other things involved in that. But yeah, maybe, maybe he makes another aggressive play here in trying to get Siakam. I just don't know what it would be uh, in return. Cause you, apparently, you nailed it. Uh, yeah. you're, get, you're getting salary filler and probably yeah. a pick. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, the Mavs should do that. I think I, Tim Hardaway Jr. has actually been pretty solid for them this year. Rashawn Holmes, they brought him in basically as a trade piece uh, at draft day. And I think the Mavs are a team like, even if you don't have assurances from Siakam that he wants to resign going forward, you've got a young superstar in Luka Doncic. you got a great number two in Kyrie Irving. And they're not going to have to give up a ton of their future going forward. They're a team that I think could convince Siakam to sign long term if they want to take a rental on him now. Right. Yeah, I just think that other teams probably have a lot more, more at least than what the Mavs would be willing, uh-huh. uh, unless teams aren't willing to trade for a guy who's going to become a free agent here. Yeah, they're not. I mean, the Kings are like, here's Harrison Barnes. Any interest? Maybe Mitchell. Like they're not. They don't. No Monk. No, obviously no Keegan Murray. Uh, I guess the rumors I've seen with the Mavericks are like, we're not even including Green. You want Green? Nah, he's off the table. It's like, yeah, Trey's right. Like, they're getting low-balled to death here because, I hate to say it, they probably, if they were going to move Asiakam, should have done it prior to this season and would have got probably a really good return for him. Uh, and they've waited too long, so now they're in the predicament of, oh, damn, we might just have to sign this guy again and hope his, then somebody is desperate and gives a bunch of draft picks and a bunch of young players. Because yeah. he's a player of that capability. Like he's, I'm not saying he should get four first-round picks. Should probably be more than one from the Dallas Mavericks, I think, Siakam. Yeah, and if but it's the Mavericks pick, it's literally the Mavericks pick, and it's not going to be good because they have Luka Doncic on their team. It's going to be, whether it's a, a first-round, it's, it's going to be in the high teens at the very best. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably going to be in the 20s. So if you're talking picks... Talk a good pick. Uh, that's what I'm. I'm thinking. If I'm, I think they missed the boat on that. That's potential. Yeah, they're yeah. not getting as good a return as they could have gotten. And signing him going forward, they're in the Zach Levine situation. We're like, he's good. He's really good. But he signed for a gigantic deal, and he's at the end of his prime. And Siakam's two years older than Levine. Mm-hmm. Levine, like the Bulls, will be happy to get one first round pick this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Raptors are going to be looking at too. Yeah, I guess they'll say to Siakam, "Hey, thirty mil. How about that? And we'll produce." A show for you and Scotty Barnes. <laughs> you guys are the stars. That would be good. I mean, he, he, they like it. He used to be on Serge Ibaka's show. They're, they're going to give him not a raise. <laughs> yeah. They're sign him for $30 it's not, million. not even a chance. And this is the fear that he's just going to leave completely. And then you're left going, damn, I guess we should have taken uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., <laughs> Rashawn Holmes, and a pick. A pick. Uh, you know, in the late teens. Yeah. Because we got, we got nothing. Yeah, when I said 30, that that is quite the, the cut. Because he's making 37 now. But you know, if they can work something off the table, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. But off the table, a fifty instead of sixty. We will give you an open gym uh, yeah, special. I mean, something. I don't think that's going to do it. I think Pascal's going to love Toronto. If it's a long-term deal, yeah, it depends on how much. How much do you think somebody else is signing Pascal to? At thirty years of age, entering free agency, more than thirty. Not a great free agency class. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk thirty-two. How about thirty-two plus a TV show? That's still a that's still a pay cut. Yeah, he's gonna get over forty. He's gonna get over forty easily. Easily. Yeah, Yeah. you were you're saying OG's gonna get close to forty. How are you then turning around and saying? Well, he's far younger. So I mean, Siakam's far better. Absolutely, he's much better. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Final one here. This one's fascinating. Uh, During a recent appearance on Run It Back, Shams of the Athletic reported that the San Antonio Spurs have shown an exploratory interest 
in potentially trading for DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Shams is on a show called Run It Back. And he is saying that the Spurs might run it back. Uh, because this news comes less than two years after the Spurs traded DeJounte Murray to the Hawks for a haul of draft picks. Um, let's, let's see the buckets. How many buckets of slop we got on this one from the guys? Tess? I'm going straight minimum. Um, <laughs> Ooh, just one. Because will DeJounte be dealt? I've been watching the Los Angeles Lakers play. He would be so perfect as their lead ball handler. But the Spurs, not happening. I just don't think it. As Shams mentioned, the Spurs have exploratory interest. <laughs> okay, that's level one uh, on the slop <laughs> scale. I, they have a runway, as he said. It doesn't sound It doesn't sound like it's happening. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense um, for the Hawks because I don't think they're getting enough back. But it makes sense for the Spurs. Yeah, DeJounte with Devin Vassell and Wemby. It would be hilarious. It would be phenomenal if they traded three first-round picks and a pick swap. Sorry, if they got three first-round picks and a pick swap and then were able to get him back for giving one of those picks yeah, back. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's, That's why I had to go two buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the idea of DeJounte Murray being a long-term mole for the Spurs, I think, is, uh, is too good. They trade their star. They get terrible. They get their next franchise superstar. The star they traded goes and trashes the organization. <laughs> yeah. Says how much he hated playing there <laughs> and how they didn't have any room for me to develop. Then he goes and plays for the Hawks, tanks his trade down doesn't play defense for two years then comes back to mm-hmm. the Spurs for less than he was traded for the perfect plan they need a point guard <laughs> they need a point guard <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they do. that'd be incredible but then I'm also like who would the Hawks possibly want to get <laughs> yeah. in return here I also just don't think the principle of yeah. it they couldn't do it I almost I almost get to the point that if the Spurs were like we'll give you Wembenyama for DeJounte Murray the Hawks gotta be like god damn it we can't send him back there we're giving you Wembenyama no we can't do it uh uh, yeah, I don't know. Nobody. I, that's why I don't think this one's likely. It's just the idea of, like, Spurs need a point guard. DeJounte Murray's on the trade block. Oh, could that happen? Reunion. Uh, exploratory interest. Eh, I don't think so. I'm with you guys on very minimal slop. Though, uh, hilarious if it, very if it good does slop. go down. Mm-hmm. All right, slop scale back in our lives. I'll tell you what. You can lock it in. We'll have more of the slop scale uh, in the coming <laughs> weeks as it ramps up here. Uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, Trey Kirby's got Tweet of the Night. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. 
Tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet. Ah. Doom Waddle Alert. <laughs> Jeff Munecki <laughs> is our tweet of the night at Minnesota Mun on Twitter. Uh, Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx vice president of fan experiences. It is the 35th anniversary of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Jeff tweeted yesterday today's Timberwolves road game trip down memory lane is the whittled down list and categories for the name the team. Co- for the name the team contest after being granted an NBA franchise. Really fun to look through. Usually on these, you only get like... Yeah, you said whittled down Five list. or six names. There's a million names here. This is the long list. Okay. The categories are animals. Yeah. <laughs> Named them all. Yeah. Flies made the list. <laughs> That's a cool name. Uh, weather. Yep. I don't know how cold ducks snuck into weather. I guess it's cold, but also animals. Outer space. My favorite uh, outer space name, Stars of the North. Not the North Stars. <laughs> Minnesota North Stars already taken. <laughs> already spoken for team names. Of course, they included the Lakers. Couldn't go back to it, unfortunately. Political was a category. Could have been the Minnesota Taxmen. <laughs> Not sure how that one goes over. Uh, like the fish category, of course. Bass considered. <laughs> yep. Minnesota Bass, a.k.a. the base. Uh, and then they had some really deep cuts. <laughs> Pull out the dictionary. And one of the teams suggested is just the H's. Just the H's. What? what? H apostrophe S. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and not categorizable, including the Gandhi dancers. These are incredible. The Minnesota Aqua Drinks. <laughs> oh, damn. We're playing the Aqua Drinks tonight. Oh, the Yumpin' Yaks are looking good this wow. season. Um, Ooh, look at that one, Trey. Minnesota Killer Carps. Oh, the Killer Carps? <laughs> Isn't that what Darka was saying last night? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. Uh, but there are so many names here, so many good ones. I got to hit you with the top five. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, All right, these top are the top five. five names that the Minnesota Timberwolves could have had at number five. Mm. Mikan's Law. <laughs> Minnesota oh, Mikan's Law? <laughs> How did that one not make the short list? Big shout out to George Mikan, <laughs> Minneapolis Laker legend, wow. of Mikan's course. Mikan's Law. The that Minnesota so Mikan's good. Law. That is okay. <laughs> All right, at number four, the Minnesota Burrs. <laughs> How many R's? I think there was three R's. Uh, This one came underneath the weather. Yeah. uh, I guess. I would have said not categorizable uh, for me. Uh, I like this one. Uh, Especially if they decide to become a cult rather than a basketball team. The Minnesota Twin Stars. Ooh. Sounds nice. Yeah. If we're just linked together. Yeah. Anytime they got a gruesome twosome, that'd be perfect. So that's like Twin Cities. Yeah. Minnesota the Twins stars. baseball team. Yeah, Minnesota yeah. Twins So baseball. they just jammed them together. Yeah. yeah. Jam them together. Twin okay. stars. Uh, at number two, the Minnesota Fat Cats. <laughs> See, now this, well, that's not bad. That sounds, that sounds fun. cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. It's not as bad as the other three you just mentioned, <laughs> well, but no, it's not right. good. Well, yeah. Fat Cats. Fat Cats. <laughs> Fat cats is also like that's just the word I love to see and to read. It feels like uh, you would see like in a political cartoon from the 1920s. Yeah, these these fat cats downtown at City Hall. Is um, (laughs) am am I making this up or wasn't there um, Minnesota Fats? Was that a famous like billiard player? There's a guy. I don't right? know what he that did. Sounds, <laughs> what did he that do? Sounds, that sounds, I think yeah, it was a right. pool player. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was a pool player. I'm looking it up now. He was. He was. American pool player. 
And he, oh, this guy, this guy lived up to his name. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Minnesota. <laughs> yes, of course. Minnesota Fats. <laughs> uh, my number one name that the Minnesota Timberwolves could have had, the Minnesota Taco Knights. T-A-C-O space K-N-I-G-H-T. Apparently, Taco Night, T-A-C-O-N-I-T-E, is a rock that's found around Lake Superior. Really? But they said, we can't just be the Taco Knights. That's ridiculous. So we're going to be the Taco Knights. Hmm. Which I don't know what the helmet looks like for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't believe all the things they wrote down. (laughs) Imagine being in those sessions. Nothing's a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. Was that a suggestion? No, I'm just cool. Yeah, write it down. Write it down. Write it down. (laughs) Good stuff. Oh, man. Good stuff. Timberwolves is cool, though, too, honestly. It's a cool name. The Minnesota Hookers. (laughs) Probably not one you want to go with. Didn't choose that one, huh? Yeah. I loved looking at this because there's a lot of repetition with the Toronto Raptors contest that they had. Beavers was on the Raptors list. Okay. So it was on the Minnesota list. Bobcats, Scorpions, Dragons, yep. Grizzlies. Yep. <laughs> it's basically the same thing, but the Raptors went with the Raptors. That's good. Um, the North Stars, I guess that would have been totally bad, as you mentioned. The Minnesota North Stars hockey team's gone. So let's just be the North Stars. Yeah. So when did they lose? But they, or leave? They, they lost the North Stars but, to oh, right. Dallas. Like but now time. they have. Don't doesn't Minnesota have a team again? The Wild. The Wild. Yeah. yeah. yeah North Stars were still around until '93. So that's why they had to try Stars of the North. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Stars of the North. Uh, a lot of great uh, and some not uh, suggestions here for naming that Minnesota team. Good stuff. Fun. Wait, tween of the night. They have one here that was just Lakers 2. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, uh, what are you, the CFL? Just naming every team the Rough Riders? <laughs> Lakers 2. Lakers. I mean, they were. They had the Lakers before, I guess, what they're yeah. saying. So. I guess I got to clarify for the uh, podcast listeners. It's uh, the Roman numerals for two, not yeah. T-O-O. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also Lakers. <laughs> uh, the, who do you like in the Lakers versus Lakers two game tonight? <laughs> <laughs> tough. That's tough. They should have just went with the real Lakers. Yeah. Oh. Original Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Original like Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, OG Lakers. The Minnesota yeah. OG Lakers. Why it's not? not too late. <laughs> Put it on the list jeff uh all right that's uh that's tweet of the night that's uh, another classic the return of the slop scale uh talking about darko's rant draymond's comments a lot of stuff there spolster's contract uh we will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m eastern it's thursday tomorrow a bunch of games on tonight and then 2 p.m tomorrow afternoon playback for that nba paris game until then Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, make every night a taco night. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Who cares? I had one yesterday on Tuesday. That's why I'm speaking of it. Oh, taco good. Tuesday. Yeah. Were they good? Nice. Yeah. They were good. <laughs> what was your filling? We and, need to know. Uh, maybe next time. What you guys- <laughs> but you said a taco night was a rock? Is that what you said? Yes, yes, because Taco Night, T-A-C-O-N-I-T-E, is also on the list. Wow, wow. <laughs> this Rock. is before Taco Tuesday was very popular. Yeah, I know. In the it's 80s, amazing. they had to come up with it. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Learning things here. Embrace the day, people.